Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Friday, October 8th, 2021. And yes, the image here at the beginning is the Cedar of Lebanon, which we'll hear about uh, in a little bit. Sometimes they're quite a bit larger than that, but uh, that's a pretty good idea of what they look like. All right. And we'll talk about that as we look at Solomon building the temple. It's good to see you checking in in the chat. I see uh, Michael, Gus and Eileen, uh, Grace and Ron, Karen, and others who will join us later uh, in replay or maybe jump in late here. Uh, and also those who will listen on the podcast. It's good to have you with us. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father, Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. By the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3 verse 20. Pray the psalm. Um, appropriate psalm for the building of the temple. Just realize that? All right, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies enemies in the gate. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today is from James chapter 5. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it, until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. 
You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended, intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. All right, there ends the reading. I can't help but hear, especially as we're hearing you know, the potential of great financial uh, catastrophe, I think planned or coordinated, but regardless, um, a great financial reset, as they're calling it, um, that uh, most people who hold wealth will lose that wealth. That's the reality of that reset. Only those few stakeholders at the top will be able to pers- uh, preserve their wealth through this uh, transformation that's being proposed upon us financially. Uh, but of course, uh, the prophet here, or excuse me, the, the uh, apostle James, he's warning us of putting our trust or faith in those riches anyway. Um, the Lord stands at, at hand. And uh, that's, I think actually we should take some comfort as those who are planning and proposing to bring great catastrophe upon uh, the world, um, both by reducing its population, reducing its livelihood, enslaving the people um, to a tyrannical few. Mm, we shouldn't lose heart. <laughs> uh, it certainly does not look good for us. But on the other hand, we do not lose heart because the Lord sees and the Lord knows and the Lord is at hand, as he says here in verse 8. The judge is standing at the door, he says in verse 9, right? So suffering with patience, knowing that we are blessed who endure, um, just like Job, who saw the end intended by the Lord, that in the end, the Lord is very compassionate and merciful, right? Um, that's, not a, uh, that's not a word that says for us to, um, to be inactive or to be passive and just allow these things to be suffered upon us. No, we use those gifts that we've been given um, whether as citizens or you know, as stakeholders of some sort, um, to push back as best we can, but know that the Lord is at hand and he, will, he sees, he knows, and he will bring, vindicate his people and he will ultimately bring merciful compassion upon us, if not in this life, in the life uh, to come. All right. So uh, yes, it doesn't look good for us or for our nation or for this world, but so it is. Uh, the, these things will see death and decay and destruction ultimately. Um, we seek to preserve them now for the sake of faith, for the sake of our children, that they would um, hear and receive the gospel and be able to preach that gospel to others. But apart from that, there's no reason to hold on to any of these things. All right. And then our reading from 1 Kings chapter 5. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon because he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram had always loved David. Then Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the wars which were fought against him on every side, until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne, in your place he shall build the house for my name. Now therefore, command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon, and my servants will be your servants, and I will pay you wages for your servants according to whatever you say. For you know that there is none among us who has skill to cut lumber like the Sidonians. 
So it was when Hiram heard the words of Solomon that he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, for he has given David a wise son over this great people. Then Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the message which you sent me, and I will do all you desire concerning the cypress and cy- excuse me, cy- <laughs> cedar and cypress logs. My servant shall bring them down from Lebanon to the sea. I will float them in rafts by sea to the place you indicate to me, and I will have them broken apart there. Then you can take them away, and you shall fulfill my desire by giving food for my household. Then Hiram gave Solomon cedar and cypress logs according to all his desire, and Solomon gave Hiram twenty thousand cores of wheat as food for his household and twenty cores of pressed oil. Thus Solomon gave to Hiram year by year. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him, and there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty together. Then King Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. They were one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the labor force. Solomon had 70,000 who carried burdens and 80,000 who quarried stone in the mountains, besides 3,300 from the chiefs of Solomon's deputies who supervised the people who who labored in the work. And the king commanded them to quarry large stones, costly stones, and hewn stones to lay the foundation of the temple. So Solomon's builders, Hiram's builders, and the Gebelites quarried them, and they prepared timber and stones to build the temple. There ends the reading. Okay, so questions and answers as we do, some catechesis. Um, Where was Tyre? You know your Middle East geography. Uh, Tyre is on the northern um, coast of the Mediterranean Sea, north of um, Solomon's kingdom. Uh, you've heard of Tyre and Sidon. That's where King uh, Je- or Queen Jezebel was from. She was a Sidonian, daughter of the queen, king of Sid- Sidon. Sidon's just north of Tyre. So this is one kingdom. All right, Phoenician, um, if you, you know, sailors, right? The Phoenician sailors north of Carmel, which is that mountain to the north. Um, Hiram was a heathen king of Tyre, right? And um, here we find out about his relationship with David. It says that he loved David, so they had a friendly relationship. Uh, what does Solomon say in his letter to Hiram that delayed David from building the temple? Right here in verse 3, right? There were wars being waged against David, right? Um, this expression is pretty cool. We've talked about this many times. In verse 3, under, until the Lord puts his foes under the soles of his feet, put his enemies under his feet. Why is that important? <clears throat> this is actually a uh, reference to the ascension of our Lord. Ah, really? Yeah. Um, see, think of Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies, or make your enemies your footstool, or put your enemies under your feet. Um, and you see that quoted again in Acts chapter 2, uh, where St. Where Peter says, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, ascension, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear, Pentecost, tongues of fire, the gospel in each other's tongue, right? For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies 
your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Right? So Ascension and Pentecost, they're put together. So as David's son Solomon could build the temple only after his enemies had been put down, so now Jesus, the son of David, has ascended to build up his church through the proclamation of the gospel. Right? He being the foundation and you being um, living stones. Right? Um, Solomon also says something interesting here. He says, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. A house for my name. A house for the, the name of the Lord my God. Right? Um, what's the significance of that? Because, well, I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the name. So we have a house, but it's for the name. A house or a temple for the name. Think of um, Philippians 2. If I can find it here. How many L's are in Philippians? One L. Yeah, there we go. And two P's. <laughs> At some point, I'll get this right. There we go. Um, where should I jump in? Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Right? The name above every name. Jesus' name of priceless worth. Um, Acts 4. We have Peter again. Nor, nor is there salvation in any other. Oh, actually, we should go back a little bit. Ooh, look at this. Um, Therefore, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by which means he has made well, let it be known to you all um, and to all the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised up from the dead. By, this, by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Ooh, quoting Psalm 118 and Isaiah 28. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. All right, and this is all um, actually uh they've been gathered to the ruler scribes elders annas the household of the high priest this is in the temple i believe yeah because they healed the man outside the temple right wow so you have the stone which was rejected by you builders being the chief cornerstone and the name salvation and no other name put together there in one reading um or you could think of john chapter 2 and jesus in the temple right um Oh, this is actually right after the uh, wedding at Cana. The Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show us since you do these things? Yeah, this is after he cleanses the temple in John. Excuse me. <coughs> Destroy this temple, Jesus answered and said to them, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. By the way, that's the second temple, not Solomon's. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body, right? Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. All right. <clears throat> so the name above every other name is Jesus. His body is now the house for his name. Um, and so it is that the son of David has built the ultimate temple uh, for the name, right? By taking on human flesh. That's all right there in verse five, all right? 
Um, so we see uh, with Solomon and his building of the temple, uh, a type or a shadow, just as Solomon himself is a type or shadow of Jesus, so the building of the temple is another picture of Jesus and his work, and of course us, who have been built into his church. Um, how did Hiram recognize Solomon's wisdom was from God? Yeah, he greatly rejoiced, right? And blessed the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. All right, what wood was purchased? We talked about this at the beginning. We have cedar and cypress, right? Uh, what was the cost? We'll do a little translation here for you. And those of you uh, with some farm background will understand the uh, incredibleness of this. Right? So every year, Solomon gave Hiram, and we'll find out um, next week that it was four years, for four years, 20,000 cores of wheat. That's roughly 125,000 bushels of wheat. 125,000 bushels of wheat as food, and then 20 cores of pressed oil, uh, which is roughly um, 115,000 gallons of olive oil. Pretty incredible, right? Uh, where did the laborers come from who built the temple? Yeah, they were conscripted, a labor force out of Israel, 30,000 men, right? Uh, and then we have others, of course. Uh, 10,000 at a time doing their shifts, and then um, also the 70,000 carrying the burdens, 80,000 coring the stone, 3,300 who are operating as uh, supervisors, right? Verse 17 is curious. We should look at this. The king commanded them to carry large stones, costly stones, and hewn stones, key, to lay the foundation of the temple. All right? How's that connected to the New Testament description of the temple? Not the one rebuilt by Herod, but rather the temple not made by hands, temple of his body. Think of Ephesians 2. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. All right? So you are the temple of the Lord, your body, right? And by your body, he was referring to the, to the Christian church, the congregation, not just you individually, but all of us together, being fit together with the apostles and the prophets who are uh, the foundation with Jesus as the chief cornerstone being built up all together. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful one, right? And of course, uh, Matthew 21, again, Jesus um, says to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord, Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our eyes. Again, Isaiah 28 or Psalm 118, and quoted frequently. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whom it, whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Right? So there you have the idea of being, when we fall um, upon Jesus, this is good, we're not ground to powder, destroyed, but rather we're hewn, we are, we are carved out, we are uh, prepared to be built up in him. Beautiful picture, right? Also terrifying, I suppose, if, you've, if you choose to live outside of Christ. All right, so summary meditation. 
The language about the building of the temple by the son of David always directs us to ponder Christ, the son of David, who rebuilt the temple of his body in three days. Here we see that a Gentile, Hiram, is instrumental in the building of the temple. Do we not recall that the church is built on the solid rock of Christ with the foundation of the apostles and the prophets? In this church, Christ erects the two walls of the Jews and Gentiles as he builds up the church on that solid foundation. The real temple for the name was rejected by his own people in favor of an earthly temple made with hands. Yet the temple for the name has become the banner of victory that gathers all the nations of the earth to Christ as he establishes peace through his death and resurrection. Excellent. We confess the close of the commandments. What does God say about all these commandments? He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments, therefore we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments, therefore we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. I pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, apart from you, we have no life or salvation. Therefore, you are a jealous God, desiring us to fear, love, and trust in you above all things. You punish children for the sin they share in and have committed from their fathers, that they might be brought to repentance and faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. You show love and mercy to those who love you and keep your commandments. Therefore, grant us true repentance and forgive us every sin against your holy law, that we might cheerfully love you and gladly do what you command. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Friday, we pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We pray for the households of our church, especially that of Dick and Corey, Dan, Stephen and Jackie, Ed and Bev, Scarlett, Norm and Donna, and Chelsea. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Amanda, Dan, John and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, Kathy, and Mike. We also keep in our prayers um, I'm just going to add them while I'm thinking about it. Joel Getch. And also, or Gage. Also, we keep uh, Norm and Sandy Prater in our prayers. They both um, have been fighting with COVID. We pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Mickey. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Orphan Grain Train. We pray for those um, grieving, especially the family and friends of Kay Winter. And we ask the Lord give us a disdain of all earthly things. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, 
that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we pray our hymn, Water, Blood, and Spirit Crying. It's so good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It, again, is Friday, October 8th, so tomorrow, Saturday, we'll take a break from our catechesis through 1 Kings, and we'll look at Sunday's uh, Old Testament and Epistle reading, so Genesis and Ephesians, uh, for tomorrow. All right, so uh, again, 9 a.m., and of course, Divine Service on Sunday at 9.30 a.m., and uh, after Bible class and Sunday school Sunday, um, the there's going to be an open house next door, so you'll be able to go over and check out the work that's been accomplished there, um, and give thanks to God for all those who have either volunteered or have uh, served um, to bring the teacherage up to uh, Snuff, so that our teacher teacher family can use it as part of um, their service here. All right, so Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you later um, tomorrow or Sunday morning for Divine Service Bible Class uh, and the Open House. Lord be with you all.